Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time and sometimes TV shows. Ooh. I'm your host Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy James. Bonjour. This week is no exception as we roll into another episode of the podcast, this time taking a break from our usual programming where we discuss the likes of Steven Seagal, Ooh, never forget. Oh, never forget that time. My MDB, now whenever I load it up, punishes goes straight to Steven Seagal like some dirty secret. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this we, man watches Steven Seagal. <laughs> but we have done good episodes. <laughs> Surprisingly, the Steven Seagal episode was not our most downloaded episode. What? I can't believe it. What, he's America's and Russia's favourite actor. <laughs> Putin's right hand man. It's, uh, you know, we, we understand. <laughs> but we've we, done some good stuff. We did the Godzilla episode with Matthew Broderick. Yep. We did uh, Independence Day. Yes, we did. In fact, we did most of Roland Emmerich's uh, back catalogue. Yeah, soon Moonfall. You never know, mate. We also have done some good. We've done, Steven Spielberg. We've done Spielberg. We've done Amy, Amy Adams. Adams. God, there there it is. We've done fun ones like the A to Z. So we did the A to Z recently of animals in films. We've done directors. We've done characters. I remember an episode that we did that we, we were trying to find the coolest character in cinema. And of course, it was Indiana Jones. Of course, it was Indiana Jones, which is great. Round the corner. The cinema's a buzz, mate. Audiences are up there, j- jizzed up and jazzed out. They're, you know, the cinema, we're going back. We're going back in droves. And cinemas are closing. So it's a weird time for cinema. It is so much stuff with The Flash, with Indiana Jones, with Spider-Man, Spider-Verse, the new Wes Anderson movie, uh, Astro City. Loads whoa, of films whoa, coming Fast out. Fast and Furious 10. Of course as well, yeah. It's Part not, one. It's not all good. <laughs> <laughs> There's loads of stuff out of the cinema and coming out. So it's a really good time to uh, to not talk about film. Yes, And talk about uh, maybe the biggest TV show of all time played in more countries around the world than any other TV show. And that, of course, is Friends. Friends, the iconic. You know, if Seinfeld changed how sitcoms were, they were moved away from the family, they moved to the 20-somethings with jobs in New York, getting into adult situations. Friends took that formula, perfected it, and shot it out into the world like a scattergun, infecting everyone. You know, central perks popped up everywhere. Coffee was the new culture. We weren't going out drinking. We wanted to meet our friends. We all wanted to be in that 30-something in the big city, have an awesome job, somehow don't go to work during the day. Yeah. It was It was a fun... Mate, it was a phenomenon. and still a phenomenon. I remember when Netflix bid for the rights to show friends... One of the biggest purchases for a TV series that was something like 20 or 30 years past. It's still one of the number one trending TV series in the world. People love Friends. People can't get enough of it. You wanted to be the friends in Friends. You wanted them friends. When in reality, we're all arseholes. <laughs> it is weird. I mean, it ran for 10 seasons across 94 to 2004. So you're right. I mean, coming up to, you know, 20 years since the since it's ended and people are still inf- infatuated by it. And I think new audiences discovering it, some not liking it as yes. well. Some finding that it's, uh, you know, that uh, it, it doesn't uh, show the true colour of New York. It's it's not racially diverse. It's quite sexist with some characters. Yeah. Some of the jokes don't land like they used to with 90s audiences. It's almost as if times have changed. And you will argue that that's for the good. But there is no denying the fact that if you are of a certain age... You've probably seen them. It's very rare as well that you meet someone who hasn't seen all the episodes of Friends. And bearing in mind, like you said, it was 10 series. It's a lot of Friends. Is uh, is it is it the biggest show in the world, do you think? Do you know what? Yes, I do I, think, I think it, it is. is. I, think, I, think, I think in America, I think, I don't know, I'm not American, but maybe Seinfeld, 
Frasier. There's some big hitters. Yeah, there is some big ones. Yeah, but that's Friends a good point. was unlike anything else. I think Friends drew up, uh, drove up so things like commercials and TV shows would base themselves around the release of Friends. Scrubs popularity, a lot of that was down to going was uh, airing immediately after Friends, so a lot of people would stay on the channel afterwards. To watch Scrubs. Couldn't find that remote. <laughs> Just, I love Scrubs. I, I would, uh, to be fair, I'd probably watch Scrubs over Friends, to be fair. Um, but I mean, he's a phenomenon, isn't he? I remember being at school and people talking about it, getting videos, you know, before DVDs of like season three, season four, you know, when it was all kicking off. Were they on a break? I don't know. Yeah, they were. Well, we, well, we're going to discuss yeah, we, that we're, in we're detail. Just, we're just... we'll talk about uh, the characters, the actors, their filmography since, and of course, some highlight moments from the TV series Friends, um, as well as a bit of a quiz as well that we're going to go through. So if you are a Friends fanatic, this episode is for you. Before that, James, you've been to the cinema. Oh, actually, just as a caveat Ooh. to anyone who may hear just a little bit of background noise, today in the UK... It is hotter than the sun. It is hotter than the sun. I believe the sun has vacationed to Britain. Now, <laughs> so. we've also got a lot of downloads recently from... Uh, the sun. No, from, <laughs> from, from like, we had, for some reason, we had, we've had quite a surge of people from Q8 listening. Obviously. And we've had uh, quite a few listeners from places well, like South Africa. Well, that's because we the, did Steven Seagal. <laughs> that's just what it is. <laughs> huge in Kuwait. Anyway, anyway, I'm like, it's 28 degrees. And they're like, what? <laughs> that's, that's like 7 a.m. <laughs> but... For UK, this is very unusual for us. It's, so, it's, it's muggy. It's, now, it's you, muggy. you're British, you know exactly what I mean. It's, it's muggy. It's sticky. It's sticky, muggy. So the windows are open. we're in the attic. <laughs> yeah, we're in the attic where the heat rises. The windows are open and a fan is going. So if you can hear background noise this week, I do apologise. But we're all um, friends. We are friends oh, indeed. Yeah. Hopefully if we talk enough, you won't hear the background noise. <laughs> if we just talk or do bullshit. Yes, I have been to the cinema this I, week. I've seen a new Netflix release as well. So Ooh. you do your cinema release, then I'll do a new Netflix release. James. Well, would, would you like to to get into the film that I saw, which started off, I think, with everyone as friends. If you're a fan of superhero films, what a time to be alive, you know? Marvel seems to have shot itself in the head, leaving a gaping avenue for maybe DCU to come in and step up and give you the film that you deserve. Unfortunately, spearheaded by, let's be honest, universally despised Ezra Miller at the moment. But we don't but celebrate the word. He said sorry. He said sorry. It's fine then. I do apologise. The studio made him say sorry. It's fine. Um, so, but as always, we're going to remove ourselves, remove ourselves from the actor and the person, celebrate the work. I'm, of course, talking about The Flash. The end of what you currently know is the DCU, spearheaded by, well, originally Zack Schneider, but Warner Brothers, they wanted some of that James Gunn teat. And James Gunn's come in with a blazing bazooka of writers. And this film has been rewritten, reshot, rechanged, focused. You can see there's some edits in the film, but we'll get to it. So this is the film that basically brings the end to a certain genre, or a certain era, sorry, in the genre, and is there to give birth to James's gun's vision. Now, that said, it's not the complete end because Aquaman's outing will be the last one and Blue Beetle will be the first and then followed by uh, Batman the Brave, Bold and the Brave. Mm. So what we've got here, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen something spectacular, something beautiful. You've seen Michael Keane in a Batman suit. Flash, Ezra Miller, his father is in jail for the murder of his mother and he is going through, he's the comic relief. He's not the main guy. The, the film opens with uh, Batman saving the day but Flash doing the grunt work. So Batman's chasing the bad guys but Flash is doing the needy, get people out of buildings. That's who he is. Mm. Realises that maybe he runs so fast he can travel back in time, as you do. And then maybe it's a common flash point, isn't it? Yeah. So maybe so obviously there's a pun there. Yeah. Sorry. So obviously this he rose back in time and decides, you know what? 
Maybe my mother doesn't need to die, and if she doesn't die, that means my father doesn't go to jail for a crime he didn't commit. But, but as Bruce Wayne warns him, every action has a reaction. Can Be I careful. Just, can I just say, though, uh, already we're in dangerous territory for Flash, because the TV show with Grant Gustin, which yeah. I think did lose its way, it certainly lost me as a viewer. I loved that first season. That first and season was good, especially that, the, the, that the ending. That finale, yes. you know, which is where this film picks up the storyline. And I'm, I'm not a comic book reader, but I understand... The, the running, so you know, the, it's, to it's try big. and change the past of your mum, free your father. That um, storyline so big. But they, the TV show did it so beautifully. I fucking wept at that last episode. So this there is a famous DC storyline, one of the most popular ones, called Flashpoint, where this one change splinters the world. Batman, Bruce Wayne dies, the father becomes a vengeful Batman. The Joker is the mum, Martha Wayne. They... There's so much going on. Superman has experimented on and never becomes the color that saves the world. We've got a lot of that here. He goes back in time. He meets him younger self, and Ezra Miller. Uh, sorry, a, uh, I've forgotten his name. A, a Barry, Barry Allen, another Barry Allen. Cocky, he's never had to grow up. You've got double Ezra Miller. <laughs> if you don't like Ezra Miller, maybe it's not for you. But then something happens. Zod comes back. Um, these aren't spoilers, because this is the day that Zod appears and demands to see Kal-El. He wants to know where he is. The Justice League, there's something wrong. Some of them didn't make it, mate. Doesn't know what's going on. But there is a Batman. Mm. So he goes to go see Batman, his friend. Ben Affleck, Batman. Oh, no. Act one, that's act one. We've set up what's going to happen. Act two is the introduction of Bruce Wayne and how we get through it. And then act three is the finale, the, the big CGI slog fest that you're going to get with certain fraternity characters. Without going into spoilers, the film is full of Easter eggs, cameos. You didn't know bad CGI. I'm going to tell you now. It's been it's been slated, hasn't it? 80% of the CGI is laughable, including a beginning scene where he's rescuing babies that are falling out of a skyscraper. It is check your realism at the door. So, but 20% of it is actually very good and some of the best special effects you'll see. There's a scene where Supergirl, Miles, where you've seen her, she carries Barry Allen into lightning for a reason. That's really well done. That actually looks quite brilliant. But at the same time, when you've got babies falling out of a window, it's crap. But it's uh, Andy Mache's the director. I've just butchered that name, but I'm not even going to go back. Um, has has come on. Has kind of tried to defend it by saying it's supposed to look distorted because of the speed that Barry runs at, that, and, he, and you're following it through his eyes that yeah. he would see things distorted. But that sounds very much like that's bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> like that. I can smell the bullshit. Do you, know, do you know what? That's bullshit. That's bullshit because Warner Brothers. So these special effects were seen in the original trailer, and they would said, "Oh, we'll we'll touch them up. It's like Clifford and the Big Red Dog. We'll make him redder." However, Warner Brothers know that this is the end. They're probably not going to continue with Ezra Miller. I mean, James Gunn has left the door open. Mm. If there's anyone that's probably going to be kept on, you'd imagine it's him. And I think Jason Momoa, maybe. Um, you get a choice. There was a lot of goodbyes. Some moments which you can kind of tell. They do Henry Cavill dirty, though, because Henry Cavill, obviously famously uh, filmed scenes for this film, missing. He appears in a CGI flashback and a bad CGI kind of system right. if you will uh, we do get the reappearance of Wonder Woman in a great touching scene but you can definitely tell that's that's Gal Gadot going see in another lifetime I liked the film I liked the film I liked the I liked the chemistry between Ezra Miller and Ezra Miller he does very well playing off himself he's annoying as hell there's a lot of good points to be had there's negatives Michael Shannon's wasted they, they make Michael Shannon return and you're just like I'll oh, give him a speech 
but he's barely in it. He has one good fight scene, maybe one or two badass lines, but ultimately wasted. There's no real villain of the piece. Yeah. The, the reliance on CGI. So basically they go back in time. There's a great message here, which, you know, just because you can doesn't mean that you should. There, there is a reason. They do a phenomenal job of explaining. I so, mean, that's so Jeff Goldblum. That I line. know, it <laughs> Infected it in Jurassic Park. There is, um, there... They're, the best metaphor is when Bruce Wayne, who um, we'll get into in a minute, trust me, don't worry though, mate. We get the best description of a multiverse that makes sense. So do you remember in um, Infinity Wars, no, sorry, in Endgame, where mm. they they uh, they show you how it splints off like a tree. You've got a trunk of the main storyline, you yeah. change something and it splints off and you get a tree. Yeah. yeah. Bruce Wayne tries to explain the concept of multiverse according to the DCU as he gets two pieces of long, dry spaghetti and he holds them close together and he bends one at the end. Not so it breaks. He goes, this is what you believe timeline is. So you came back to this point in the middle and he bends it slightly. So this was the original timeline, the straight piece, and this one bends over. And he goes, that's not what happens. And he uses it and he turns it. So he creates an X with the pasta. And he says, this is where you intersected at the timeline. You haven't changed anything. You've created a, you've just completely changed uh, the universe. And at certain points, they'll overlap. And he says, when that becomes too much, this is what happens. And he pause cooked spaghetti so it's folding all over each other and he says there'll be points now where things interact but they're not the same universe mm. and they're not and it was really it was a great way of explaining a very complicated like Flash has gone back in time to save his sister so why is Michael Keaton now Batman that doesn't mean anything but he says it's because this is a new universe this is what happened in this universe there is no Kal-El there's only Kara it was brilliant it was such a great description and the standout performance is Michael Keaton as Batman Danny Elfman's score is a second place. Every time mm. that came on, mate, I got chills. They treat him with such respect. Randomly, the Flash is in his house and he picks up a laughing bag. That's right, the same prop from 1989 Batman when Jack Nicholson falls to his death and there's a bag just laughing. Mm. He picks it up and everyone's like, why have you got a laughing bag? Fantastic callbacks. Mate, there's so much good in this film, but there's so much to not like and it doesn't quite land. Can I talk minor spoilers? You may, if anyone doesn't want to hear him, just fast forward two minutes. Two minutes. So using CGI, at the end, something's going wrong. Basically, the universe is all colliding into each other. Now is a perfect time to show some CGI. We get a we get the black and white era of Superman, like legitimately, I believe it's George Reeves. No, not uh, George, someone playing Spider-Man, and a black and white flash. We get a CGI post post-humorous uh, Christopher Reeve as Batman and uh, uh, Superman. Su- uh, Superman and and that one. And it is, it doesn't look great. However, you then see a Nicolas Cage with long hair fighting a spider. You get the version that obviously Tim Burton was going to have of Superman Lives. He's there. However, he's completely CGI. They asked for his likeness and they gave it. Nicolas Cage called his son Cal and he's got a Superman tattoo. He could have had a spare 10 minutes to come into your studio, put on a suit, and then you could have CGI'd the butt around him. You had a lot of missed opportunities, but you do get to see Nicolas Cage, mate, with long hair, fighting a spider in a Superman costume. And the best cameo is right at the end. That's a spoiler. Not leaving it. I'm not going to tell you. I liked this film, and I guess the biggest compliment I can say for it is I didn't, it wasn't as shit as I thought it was going to be. Is it changing the world? No. Mm. It's probably the best DCEU film, though. And that's, that's saying something. Wow. 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 I would, don't rush out to see this film. 
But if you've got like a week off next week, you've got nothing on. I have a week off next week, James. <laughs> maybe you should I'm go... going back to the cinema. I think maybe you should watch it. I'm going to get my Hoodie and Limitless card reinstated <laughs> because there's so much shit I need to see on my week off. And what's really weird about this film is I saw another film this week that I'm going to talk about next week. That had a lot to do with superheroes and changing dimensions and a lot. That's right. Next week, I have seen Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which obviously we mm. loved and famously called. So next week, you'll find out about a similar storyline and how it was done differently. But The Flash, quite liked it. If you don't like Ezra Miller, no, not for you. He pulls double duty. He's on, the, he's on the screen a lot and he will annoy you. Just depends how much. But will he make me join a cult? I mean, it's Ezra Miller. <laughs> you, you, you can come willingly or you can come. <laughs> so. this, the, the thing about uh, multiverse as well is whoever coined that a few years back or whatever, just raking, it, just it, raking in. it in now, isn't it? It's like, how do, how do we get nostalgia into a film like without just referencing it or none to it? Actually get them to reprise their roles, you know? Do you know what was really amazing is um, it's the small things. Who was originally supposed to play in Back to the Future instead of Michael J. Fox? It was Nick... I can't remember the actor's name. Let's call it Nick Nolte. It wasn't. But in this, they reference, he says, oh my God, it's like I'm back to the future. And he goes, what was that? The, the Nick Nolte film. It's not Nick Foley. They use the original actor yeah, that yeah, was playing yeah. him. Yeah, so they're really playing on that. So they're really speed. playing it. And like, like when Arnold Schwarzenegger in Last Action Hero sees Sylvester Sloan as the Terminator. Well, in this one, the best one was Kevin Bacon as Maverick. And I was like, yes, but he does so mm. good. And that Batman is the Batman that you grew up with in uh, 1989. And Michael Keane steals the fucking show, but it makes you yearn because you definitely want to see another film with him reprising a role. So apparently Kevin Smith, who... Who is, was the writer, by the way, on uh, Superman Lives, the film that never got made. Until, until he got told he had to put this giant spider in it. Yeah. And then that director then actually went on to make Wild Wild West and put a giant spider in it. Can't win them all. He's got a hard on for giant spiders. <laughs> Everyone's got a giant spider um, on. <laughs> but Kevin Smith's been talking about having a, a script for Batman Forever which was Tim Burton's third movie that yes. then became a Joel Schumacher shit fest. Yep. And he's doing a reading, a table reading of it <gasps> to the original script. That's cool, isn't it? Yeah, it is very cool. Um, That's I, really cool. I, I, do you know what I think? With these multiverses and things like that, uh, sorry, I've just hit my yeah. microphone. I apologize for that. And, and one last point is the fact that Michael Keaton is so good as Batman other audience members who were probably too young to remember or ever grown up with that Batman, maybe they've only had Christopher, uh, Christian Bale's version, people will want to see more of this version of Batman. So maybe with the universes being open now, maybe we could get an old man Batman from the perspective of Michael Keane. Yeah. I'd actually like to see that. Michael Keane's that good in this film, mate. He's phenomenal. Mm. And he reinstates, and people are going to be angry with me, he reinstates the affirmation that he is the best Batman, and he is. And this film shows it because he's away. He's eight, he's like 40 years older than he was and he's still fucking phenomenal. Mm. And I love Christy Bell. I actually don't mind Ben Affleck. Thought he was all right. I, I like Affleck as Batman and and, and I, I like his point. version. If Affleck came in trying to do Michael Keaton or trying to do Christian Bell, it wouldn't have worked. What I respect about everyone who's taken on the cow is they've done their version of him. And, yeah. and Ben Affleck's version, I like that version. And I'm going to get even more slack. I like, no, I didn't like Jared Leto's yeah, 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 Joker, back, yeah. but you I agree that he had to do something different. Yeah. And I liked that they went for a gangster style Joker. We've talked about this many, many times, but I like Ben Affleck's, like, I will, you know, fucking take names and kill or I'll maim you so the people in, in prison kill you. And some of his fight sequences and he's big. Do you know what I mean? Like, he was a different Batman. And he I was. like... Robert Pattinson's Batman. Oh, I even forgot. I've even forgotten about that. Yeah. Robert he Pattinson's Batman of, of like, 
walking out of the shadows. I re- there's a really good in the in the last year we've had like the youngest Batman and the oldest Batman, and I genuinely think, and it's just me, think the oldest Batman could stand up in a modern day universe. He was that good. He was so, he was so, so Michael we, Keaton was born to play Batman. So we we talked. I opened the show by saying we'd done good episodes on cool, crowning the coolest character of all time as, as Indiana Jones. It was trying to revisit this. There, maybe he's yeah, actually probably. Batman. Do you, want, do you want, we were looking for a summer project. Maybe this is it. Maybe who is the coolest character? Mm. Who is mm. the coolest character in cinema, cinema history? Batman okay. versus Indiana Jones. It, 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 mate, it's a film well, let's, I love Let's to watch. see when Indiana Jones comes out, how that holds up. <laughs> yes, as someone 40 years on <laughs> from, uh, from, from the character. From the they, last uh, time in the third one. Yeah. Um, very quickly, because the film I've seen hasn't got much storyline. and I, I appreciate, <laughs> Is it Extraction 2? It is Extraction 2. <laughs> uh, the, the latest one from uh, Chris Hemsworth as Tyler Rake. Um, directed by Sam Hargreaves stunt man extraordinaire he, um, he shows doesn't it? he he shows someone's been watching some action movies I mean yeah I mean Extraction 1 was like a, a basically like a CV wasn't it it's like look what I can do do you know what's really funny As I, had to, I put on Extractor Extractor 2 the Extraction the first mm. one I didn't fucking remember it uh, sorry I put on the second one I was like I don't remember anything about the first I, one. It was the what same. What It's the same. Because like, like, so, he's really injured. He's bad. It's like, did, did he die at the end of the No, no. So me, 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 and, me and Emily watched it. She goes, have I seen the first one? I went, you, we did. She died at the end. I went, don't it, it ended with him walking on a bridge, getting shot in the neck and falling off. But we remember at the beginning of the movie, he's very good at holding his breath. Yes. So even with a bullet hole in his neck. And now he's got an extra fine. breathing hole. So yeah, he's got guilt. He's basically Kevin Costner. He's basically got guilt, mate. We need to get some bullets on the Titanic. She was like, why did he get shot? And I went, he was rescuing someone who kid, um, I it? think it was a reporter oh was it I think they were in they were in India or Mumbai <laughs> I got, there was somewhere it ended on a bridge anyway all I can remember is that it was a spectacle of of uh, stunt work not a lot of storyline not a lot of storyline <laughs> it, it was like get in double cross all your platoon die you've got to save someone get them out of a city <laughs> extract them <laughs> Uh, everyone's favourite um, Hellboy was in there was, David Harbour was in there oh, wasn't yeah, he yeah. Um, you know for the, you, for the you mean second out of two actors <laughs> <laughs> he was the second one he was a good Hellboy in a bad movie he was a good Hellboy um, so, so, but yeah so Extraction 2 did you watch it then I've, I, I, mate I'll be honest I, I fell asleep <laughs> I, I fell asleep and, and when, when we awoke I was like no <laughs> so it is absolutely brilliant it is so stupid and leave your brain at the door yeah but I mean, there's no storyline. He survived the the, uh, the the you know the deadly mission in Bangladesh. And what's the thing about chickens and a dog? Though I was oh, like, I was well, like, did he? He so he now rehabilitates. He survives. It starts with him saying, "You should have left me to die." That kind of thing. He's you know, I mean, if you thought he had nothing left to lose in the first one, this one he truly hasn't. A bit more backstory about his family and what may have happened. Anyway, he gets recruited into a new mission this what? time because the sister of his wife is in a prison. Uh, and uh, in Georgia, and uh, yeah, because there's a there's a bad guy who's got his who's, who's got his family. He, in prison. He, he yeah, he's been arrested. There's, so there's a super new villain, two brothers. One of them is in a prison, and he's moved his family, his two do- his two kids, and his wife into the prison in their own cell because he's that paranoid that his enemies will get to him. The safest place for them. That does is actually in make sense. And the prison is one of these places where half of it is uh, occupied by one gang, the other half is occupied by another rival gang. Idris Elba turns up as the new handler and says, I've got a mission for you. Bear in mind, this guy's just survived a bullet to the neck. And he's told, if you can get in, get the, if you can extract the. the, uh, <laughs> if the, you can extract two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two kids and, and, and the mum, your, your wife's sister, um, that's the mission. Now, 
that that sets up the movie within about 15 minutes. Yeah, and so then what say. we get is just action. I mean, it is ridiculous action. There's a 15-minute sequence in this film. Uh, edit smart edit you know we've seen smart edit now I mean the first time I, re- I mean you know Children of Men there were films that were kind of really were the pioneers of smart edits where like Daredevil like did two ones now, and they had the static camera but they also had the one that followed yeah Daredevil was one I mean even True Detective episode, oh how do we not talk about that episode yeah, it's one of four the best scenes tend ever. to have the, the long shot um, you've even got um 1917 the whole film was shot that way yeah, so, so the smart edit is in it's a, it's a fit and, and if you want someone to do it Sam Hargreaves was like hold my beer I'm going to show you how you do it. That was very good. Now, 1917 was phenomenal, some of the scenes in that, and the edits were, were slick. And I was like, yeah, you see where they are. But having all those extras in action on a point and having to wait for the clouds to move to get the continuity of like the sun and everything was a huge feat in filmmaking. What Sam uh, Hargreaves has done, though, is said, let's do it, but with stunts. And the it's insane. There's a, there's a, it starts in a prison where a riot breaks out in a courtyard and the it goes all the way out to a getaway in two in two uh, that was impressive into a factory onto a train, and the train is being attacked by two helicopters that Chris Hemsworth blows out the sky with a minigun whilst going carriage to carriage taking names. It is exquisite action film. It is leave your brain at the door. Like I yeah. mean, Chris Hemsworth pops his head out of this uh, train carriage with a gun to shoot a helicopter down without batting an eyelid and you're like come on they would have picked you off like it's it's silly you know trained it is a spectacle it is a true spectacle in action i love uh tom cruise's mission impossible movies they're like a guilty pleasure because i like the stunts i like the kind of the uh you know going all these exotic locations um the gadgets the gizmos i like it as much as i like james bond movies but i must say (laughs) extraction is fun it is fun. It's brutal as well. I mean, I saw him get killed by a leg press. It is. I I, I don't remember the first one at all. And I, I felt like that actually worked in its favour when I watched it. When I first it was because I shattered, not because mm. it was boring. And I made it just past that first action scene. And I remember thinking, this is exhausting, keeping up with it. Yeah. It was, it was, it was so well shot that. And it, it took me out of it from a standpoint of I was trying to find the, the, the edits. I really like looking for that. Like 1917, I was like, there's an edit. Mm. There's a cut. There's a cut. I, I loved, I really liked it. And I like that. <clears throat> I apologize again. So I've said for a while now, got superhero fatigue. The the, the the Flash hasn't done this. What I do like is the reliance now on these kind of action movies, going back to the, the 90s action film. Mm. I, d- I did enjoy what I saw. And I think it helped that I didn't remember the first one. <laughs> I don't think you need to really see the first one. I think you need to know that he got wounded. And that's it. And, and this, you see and, that at the beginning the, yeah, of this film. <laughs> and, the, and this picks it up, you know, straight away. But there is a scene where, like I said, that prison scene, where there's so much fighting going on. And Chris Hemsworth said this but in, in interviews where, you know, he says, if you lose a load of weight, you get taken as a serious actor. But if you put on muscle and do stunts, no you're just seen as an action hero. Yeah. But actually the feat in filmmaking from this, even though it's laughable and silly and stupid, Emily said at one point, we, 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 had, to, we had to do some chores, James, oh, uh, no. before we could truly settle down. So after about 20 minutes, she goes, can we pause it? Because, and I quote, it's about to get fruity. <laughs> and it did get fruity, James. Oh my God. Um, she, I, she spotted the fruit. <laughs> she did, yeah. And then towards the end of the movie, they go to a second location um, and, uh, and I, I paused it. I went, I think it's going to get fruitier. And it does. It, do, it, it, <laughs> it accelerates. Fruit. And by the end, it's, Too fruity. It's, 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 yeah, it's like, it's like all Schwarzenegger movies, you know, where it's like taking on the world, taking on the world, taking on the world. And at the end, it's just him on one-on-one with a villain. 
And at the end of this film, it is ridiculous. It's like they are superhuman with the, what they're hitting each other with. You remember at the end of Punisher 2, when one of them, that TV series... Oh, when, I thought you went. I thought you were talking about Warzone. No, with, uh, sorry, rest him. Uh, Ray Stevenson. Ray Stevenson. Him. No, I mean the uh, the TV show with John Berthner on it, where uh, at the end of that second season, like one of them is hitting the other one with a with a pole as like a concrete block on the end of it. And oh you're like, yeah, why aren't they dead? <laughs> like, it's kind of like that with it's it because he doesn't have any superpowers, mate. <laughs> but it is. is very very good, and and Chris Hemsworth is very good as 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 our action hero uh, Talleray. I remember thinking that the film that I've got when I saw it, I wanted more from the grey man I, when I saw grey man I was actually kind of disappointed it wasn't more actioning it was too ad libby and too not serious but at the same time too serious and I do think Extraction probably is the Netflix original that walks that line brilliantly doesn't go for the cheap laughs I'll be honest though I, I think Edward Idris Elba's CV is a bit of a joke. Now it's just like, show up and tell Chris Hemsworth something. It's like any film is like, I'll do that and cats. Well, the, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, well, Chris, Idris Elba turns up, tells him to break this person out of a prison. And in my head, I was just going, ironic, because your movie this year on Netflix had a prison break scene, which was shit. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, in comparison, yeah. it does set it up. Idris Elba at the end is like, you got to meet my boss. I, when he said, "Who? what's your name? I thought, fuck it, this would be brilliant if he goes... Luther, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because at the end of Luther, he gets recruited. Yes, or something. yeah. And at the end of this, Chris, uh, Chris Hemsworth's just like, I don't even know what your name is, and he, he looks like he's about to tell him. And I was like, fucking say Luther, that is brilliant. <laughs> that these two live in the same world. Um, um, but then he says, oh, you need to meet my boss. I put it out there now. It's Schwarzenegger. Uh, do you know what? I can see that, especially because they're doing their two new. They, they, have you seen the, the video where they're both selling their stuff for Netflix when they're quite clearly not in the same room? Just bad CGI there, but mm. it's, it's pretty cool. I think in a way it was like, oh, maybe if he is turning into no short snake. By the way, Food Boss, crap. Do not watch it. Yeah, However, yeah. apparently the documentary is amazing. Oh, the Arnold one, yeah. Can I just say as well that this is Britain, so if you've heard some other noise, it's instead of instead of hot now, now it's pissing now it's it raining. down. <laughs> now it's chucking it down. You just can't win. God, I love Britain. Right, we're going to get on to Friends because we are too long into this. 30 Friends minutes in. Like, That's 30 minutes there. <laughs> we did The Flash. There was a huge film and an extraction too, which is actually something good. Mm. So, you know, for once, you got some goodness. Friends, what's your memories of watching Friends, mate? Well, here we go. I'm going to I'm going to test you right now. Oh, I'm ready. Some, I want Bearing in mind, I was, fire. I was late to Friends. <laughs> I was late to... <laughs> what about the TV show? <laughs> you cock. Right, ready. Um, quick fire questions. 101, but I'm not going to do them all. Please don't. As quick as you can. How many seasons of Friends are there? Ten. Nine. It's ten. It's ten. Joe played Drake Ramore on what soap opera show? The Days of Our Lives. How many times did Ross get divorced? Three times. What store does Phoebe hate? Uh, Beth, no. Uh, oh, I can't remember. It's not Bed Bath & Beyond. It's the other one. Pottery Barn. Pottery Barn, that's the one. Uh, Rachel got a job uh, with which company in Paris? Uh, 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 Ferrari. Stop. Louis Vuitton. <laughs> what are the name of Ross and Monica's parents? Um, Jack Geller and... No, yeah, Jack and Mother Geller. Judy. Judy. Uh, what was the occupation of Rachel's fiancé in the first season, Barry? What was it? Dentist. Yeah, orthodontist. Yeah. Uh, who was the maid of honour at Monica's wedding? Um, Phoebe. It was no, Rachel. No, it was Rachel, because Phoebe won the competition. Phoebe's scientist boyfriend David worked in what city? Helsinki. Minsk. You fucker. Uh, Monica dated a... Uh, oh, uh, what famous uh, actor with a moustache played Monica's better half? What, you mean uh, Mr. Magnum P.I.? Tom Selleck, yeah. And his <laughs> name in the show? 
Magnum PI. <laughs> which is? Uh, which spouse? Uh, no, I'm not going to do that one. True or false? Rachel kissed all of her friends true. on the show. That she did. She did Chandler in a flashback. Yeah, oh, she did. Oh, and at the end. Uh, what is Chandler's middle name? Muriel. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who pees on Monica? Chandler. What is the but, name? Because Joey couldn't. And I'll pee on any one of you. <laughs> what is the name of Phoebe's twin sister? Oh, uh, Ursula. Ross says, whose name at the altar? Uh, Rachel. Yeah. Brad Pitt and David Schwimmer's characters co-founded a club. What was it called? I hate Rachel Green Club. Yeah. Which of the Joey's sisters did Chandler fall oh, around he, with? Not even he knows. <laughs> Mary Angela. Mary Angela. Um, who was Joey's imaginary childhood friend? Maurice. What was the profession of Joey's imaginary friend? Space Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of Monica's uh, nickname? Big so- Fat Goalie. <laughs> <laughs> what does Rachel guess Chandler's job is? Uh, uh, project, uh, no, uh, data, I can't remember. Transporter. Transporter. What is Rich's daughter's name? Rich's daughter's name? Mm. Chantel. It's uh, Michelle. <laughs> Chantel's not that far off. Who is Joey's agent? Estelle. I liked Estelle, yeah. Who oh. mistakenly threw a woman's wooden leg into a fire? Joey. <laughs> what was the name of Chandler and Ross's college band? Focus, focus deep, deep cuts. Deep cuts. Deep cuts. Way no way. <laughs> way no way. <laughs> uh, Monica categorizes her towels into how many categories? 13. 11. Oh! Ross and Rachel's wedding dinner was held uh, where in Las Vegas? Phoenix. Pizza Hut. You flipper. Joey and Chandler's TV guide is addressed to who? Miss Shenandler Blong. Blong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the name of Ross's monkey? Oh, uh, Maurice yeah yeah Yeah. what name does Phoebe legally change her name to banana hammock yeah princess Consuela banana hammock what form of self-defense does Ross try to teach Rachel and Phoebe Krav Maga Unagi oh Unagi (laughs) (laughs) okay what song does Ross and Rachel's daughter Emma laugh at for the first time Uh, baby got back what is the name of Joey's stuffed penguin stuffster Hugsy. Hugsy. Of course it's Hugsy. What caused the fire at Rachel and Phoebe's apartment? Um, a f- no, it wasn't hair curlers. It was Phoebe in the aromatherapy room of a dollhouse. No, I think I won't confuse. It's the other way around. Oh, yeah, right. it, yeah, they thought it was that, but it was actually the hair straighteners. Uh, Phoebe is a surrogate of who? Her brother's children. Yes, Three Frank of Jr. Them. and wife Alice. Frank Jr. played by... Uh, Gabriani Rivisi, yeah, who was in it twice, wasn't he? he played two characters. Yes, because he plays a guy who gets only that condom back. Yeah, when he puts it accidentally in Phoebe's thing. See, mate, I know these things. What color is Monica's apartment? <clears throat> Purple. Yeah, and season one as well. Very early on, doesn't it? They they address very quickly that they don't have jobs because yeah. they're like my nan. If anyone asks, this is we're a ninety-eight year old woman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how many sisters does Joey have? Seven. Yes. That was a show. Uh, what does Joey not f- uh, share? Food. Amen. Ross's first wife, Carol, leaves him for who? Sharon. Susan. Oh, I just go for the next. What a bitch. <laughs> what is it? That, she pissed me off as well. She the, pissed me off as well. Seasons, which yeah. is like, oh, you know, you don't get to name your kid. What? Yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> I get to name you. you, you it's it's like, fuck, Susan. It, uh, she says something like, oh, all you did was contribute sperm. Yeah, it's like, yeah, half the work. I don't get me wrong. <laughs> Carol does a majority of it, so she gets naming war rights. She gets more than you. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it as well that they name him after a corpse <laughs> what is the name of Chandler's father's Las Vegas male or burlesque Fever Las Vegas yeah it is <laughs> Phoebe attempts to teach Joey what language French yeah Chick Junior and Chick 
Jake Jr. and Duck Jr. get stuck in what? A foosball table. Who was married to a supposedly gay Canadian ice dancer named Duncan? I believe that would be Phoebe Buffay. Rachel was in what sorority? Kappa, Kappa, Kappa. Kappa, Kappa, Delta. Oh my God. (laughs) If you got that, I think I would have asked you to leave. (laughs) What are the name of Rachel's sisters? Oh, Reese Witherspoon and Alicia. I don't know their names. Um, no, no, Kelly. No, no clue. Jill and Amy. Jill and Amy. What, uh, which, which character famously said pivot? Ross. Phoebe finds what in a soda can? A finger. A human thumb. I'm, I'm, I'm only accepting thumb. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Rachel, Sorry. <laughs> Rachel goes on Ross's honeymoon by herself, but where is it? Uh, Tahiti? It's Greece. Oh. Athens. What holiday does Chandler hate? Thanksgiving. Because he had his... Uh, uh, he hates him. There you go. What, what was the name of Ross and Monica's dog when they were kids? Big fan dog. Gigi. <laughs> what actor played Phoebe's husband, Mike? Um, oh, he doesn't age. Uh, vampire. Yes. <laughs> Paul Rudd. <laughs> Paul Rudd. Where did Ross and Rachel have their first date? Um, history, uh, Natural History Museum. The Planetarium. Rolled over on the juice box. Oh, I, I, I would have accepted mine. How many so. roses does Ross send Emily? 17. 72, because it's how many days they knew each other before he asked her to marry him. Well, he probably should have waited a bit longer. <laughs> how many pages was Rachel's uh, letter to Ross? Oh, is it 16 pages back and front? 18 back and oh, front. Oh, it's too long. Joey's Cabbage Batch Kid is good. What? It's named what? Um, Chantel. Uh, Alicia. Oh, come on. What year did Friends first premiere? 1991? 94. Oh, okay. What was the name of uh, the game that Chandler made up to give Joey money? Cups. Yeah, that's a good episode, that. Yeah, it was. In an effort to get over Richard, Monica started making what? Jam. Jam <laughs> to get over a man. <laughs> I don't even like friends. I what, to what, what, what fruit is Ross allergic to? Uh, I'm allergic to straw pineapple. Kiwi. Kiwi. What is Rachel's favourite flower? The, 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 the one that you put in bread. Liz. <laughs> <laughs> What is the name of Ross and Rachel's male nanny? Oh, Freddie Prince Jr. It is Sandy, yeah. Sandy. Who came on uh, to the one with the videotape? The episode, oh, who came on to who in the episode? The uh, one with you the videotape? see, you're supposed to think it's Ross, but then Rachel actually tells a story about how she went backpacking yeah. in Peru. So it's actually Rachel onto Ross. What was Joey's nickname when he was working at Alessandro's? Dragon. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was. Monica worked at a waitress at what diner? Oh, the dancing 60s skateboarding one. The moon dance diner. <coughs> We're, uh, she, John Favreau. Yeah, John Favreau, who then would, for some reason, become an MA5, which in real life I would have loved to have seen. Ross Wirtz is a professor at what school? I don't know which one in New York, Harvard. New York University. New, yeah, that would have made sense. What word did Rachel respell, uh, misspell on her resume? Waitress. Computer. <laughs> did she? Yeah. What are the names of the triplets that Phoebe, Phoebe gave birth to? Chandler, uh, Frank Jr., other. <laughs> it was Leslie, Chandler, and Frank Jr. Jr. Ah. Oh. Who said well, she's... Shouldn't it be Frank the Third? No. <laughs> <laughs> he's her lobster. Who said he's her lobster? Uh, Phoebe. Yeah. Do-do-do-do-do, uh, nearly there. What is the first wedding gift Monica opens? Ah, uh, a dehumidifier. A tiny salt shaker. Oh, he's a tiny salt shaker. Um, let's just find a really good one. Which friend entered a vanilla ice lookalike contest and won? It was Chandler, but the only reason Ross was upset because he came second. It's true. <laughs> what ingredient did uh, Rachel mistakenly put in a Thanksgiving trifle? 
minced beef. Beef, yeah. <laughs> I do like that. We all know someone as well who would probably eat that. In your life, there is someone who probably would have eaten that. Uh, Monica could not tell time until what age? Six. Thirteen. Shit. Uh, Six would have been normal as well. I know, yeah. <laughs> uh, last one. Who was the last friend to find out about Monica and Chandler's relationship? Ross. It was Ross. It was Ross, because he found out after in the episode, mate, just to end, he found out in the episode where he was, had to be dealing with his anger issues because they didn't like him at work because he threw a massive, he was very angry because someone had eaten his sandwich. My sandwich. Yeah. He had something called the Moist Maker. The moist Maker, <laughs> yeah, I know, which is, which is, I mean, if anyone done age well, it's, it's David Schwimmer going, I called it the Moist Maker. Can, can we just point it out here that Friends is probably, when you look at a sitcom, uh, by the way, I thought I did very well. Very I did under pressure as well. That's quick fire. <laughs> um, I, uh, it starts off really well. There are sitcoms now. It's just how it happens. When you have a longer series, you over-exaggerate characteristics of certain characters that you have. Like JD starts off as a really good doctor in Scrubs. But by the end of it, well, sorry, in the middle part, he has a crisis conference and he gets, he's a bit too needy. But they do rail him in a bit. Friends is probably the worst and the character who does it the worst with is Ross. When you watch it, Ross is the straight guy. He's the normal guy. He's supposed to be the main lead. We're supposed to see through his eyes. He's got two best friends who obviously have their stories. But by the end of it, Ross is one of the most irritating characters in sitcom history. I think you're but right. But they do in, rein him in a bit again I, towards the end. But. I think you're right. They all do, yeah. They, they dial up their characters to 11. Monica in, in, um, in uh, what's, what's her name? Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox is probably the worst. Yeah. There's, there's a there's a joke towards the end where she um she actually hoovers, she vacuums. And she has a smaller vacuum and she's upset that she doesn't have a smaller and then she vacuum. Goes, if only I had a smaller one. And, it, and I remember watching that joke thinking, that, that's the bottom right there. <laughs> that is the bottom of, of that character. Do you know what I see now as an older man? I don't laugh at the joke. I go, well, you've got a nozzle, so just take it off and hoover it. There Which you go. I think Phoebe's consistent and I think Joey's quite consistent. And you're, I think you're right as well if you comment about, I think you are supposed to, I mean, the, the pilot sets up that it's a Ross and Rachel show. Yeah, but and, I think but, the strength never, of the side characters. Yeah, yeah. Never makes them out to be anyone else's side characters. You know, they all got equal screen time. Um, and that's something that as well as we really important to say, the, the three male actors about season three when they signed extensions for like a million pound episode, which was huge at the time. I think it was only Kelsey Grammer for Frasier that was on that money. They they all, they're like, no, we all need to be paid yeah. the same, which was which was good because, you, you know, you never come out of Hollywood and go, oh, that's a heartwarming story. <laughs> they did the right thing. So who, which friend's character do you think is most you? If you were a character, you could say man or woman, you could take the traits. Yeah. Which, which character do you think you relate to? I would genuinely think, and I do think he's the most accessible, I'm Chandler. I'm Chandler. I make jokes at inappropriate times. I'm not a man's man. He's kind of a loser, but he's a lovable loser. Mm. And he's actually one that grows the most through this. If you watch the series of growth, he's actually the one that changes and turns from... He's the only one with an arc that makes sense yeah. <laughs> as well. They've all got different... They've all got great arcs and that's what I think is really clever about the series is there's never if I asked you who the main character of Friends were you wouldn't know there's six of them they all get equal they all get their own storylines mm. and I think that's really good whereas in the first series it, it kind of you, you're going down a Ross and Rachel route mm. I genuinely thought as it was a bit of a it was a bit of a risk to get Monica and Chandler together but it pays off and I like that I do think there's a two series Matt, probably about Seven and eight, no, eight and nine. When when did they really shoot shoot themselves in the foyers when they got Rachel together with Joey? Yeah, that oh, yeah, doesn't yeah, work. Yeah. But I, I do think I like the way it's written, where all six characters are consistent. I'm going, <clears throat> I'm going Chandler because I do make the jokes at the inappropriate time. His lines, as well as some of the best, was like, 
I'm trying to break the tension. He's stuck in a box. He said, you can't tell if I'm trying to break the tension by mooning you guys. That's me. I do that. I think you're right. I think Chandler is the most relatable in the sense that as well, he follows that arc of like everyone- hanging out with your mate. Yeah. You fall for someone. So you kind of drift away from your mate a little bit. Yeah. And then you settle down. He he's the one who buys the house in the suburbs. You know, yeah. moves on. And, and I think you could say that about Monica. She goes on that that journey with him. Phoebe's arc, I really like I, because she kind of ends how she started. Yes, she's still but she gets what she needs. Yeah, I think everyone wants to be Phoebe, mm. but you're all Chandler. Whereas Rachel's, <laughs> so, I think, is the most ridiculous in that she yes. starts the first one as a. She's really kind of played out in that first season to be the you know, dependent on a family, dependent on money, on credit cards, you know, and it's about liberating herself from the shackles of, um, what do they call it, generational wealth and yeah. all that stuff. And by the end of it, she's like got a job in Paris for Louis Vuitton. And it's like, when did that, and we seem to have missed the part where she went back to school yeah. or something and got some, you know what I mean? And that's great. And that's not to say that doesn't happen and follow your dreams. And I, I'm, you know, I'm not slagging that off by all means, but I think Chandler's arc is that he thought he, he's, he's, Got a best friend that he looks out for yes. and, he, and, he, and he cares for. And he has to say goodbye to that person because he meets the love of his life, who he truly does find the love of his life. I think the Monica and Chandler thing, by the end of it, you're supposed to, you know, they adopt, you know, and all, they go yeah. through heartbreak, you know, not being able to have kids. They get but a I, house. Do you know what as well? Those ladies say, sorry, I've interrupted you. I do no, apologize. No, and I was just going to say, in comparison, that Rachel's story looks flimsy and that it's like, it, it's just too good. Like, she just keeps getting these promotions and these jobs and you're like, okay, you know, all right. I think you're supposed to. Uh, my, st- I think there's a great flip. I believe it's one of the best series. Is is the one that ends with Ross saying the uh, the series finale is in Britain. Phoebe Lisa Kudrow was actually pregnant, so she doesn't come over. I think that storyline is brilliant. It's so over the top, but weirdly works. You kind of remember the storyline. Oh, Phoebe gave birth to her brother's children. Mm. <laughs> you know that kind of thing, and she says that to freak people out. I think that's great because do you know what else I loved as well? It was the birth of a good cameo. You've got Hugh Laurie, who we only knew in this country at that time, going, oh, it's quite clear that you want to break. I agree with your friend Phoebes. It's something phenomenal about Hugh Laurie in an episode of Friends about 10 years before he became Mr. America with her uh, house. It was great to see. But they did flip. They changed in the storyline. One of my favourite storylines was they're trying to keep their relationship secret. I liked Chandler. And you said it perfectly there. Chandler's growth goes from... He becomes the dad in the later series. You know, there's a whole episode where they won't leave the daughter, Emily, to Monica and Chandler if something happened to Monica. Because I don't think Chandler's, Chandler's grown. By the end of the series, he's the dad of the group, Monica's the mum. Mm. It's a great writing long-term. The long-term writing's actually quite good for a sitcom that usually one episode you're done, you move on to the next funny scenario. And the earlier episodes... <laughs> They are great timepiece of when they were. That first series, those hairstyles, mate. Them oh, yeah, big yeah. old coats, fucking shoulder pads. As if you look at it purely from a cosmetic thing as well, the birth of the Rachel haircut. It, mm. it is a phenomenal TV series that perfectly encapsulated those years. Yeah. I th- weirdly, you and I had this discussion once many moons ago. The series went on too long because they were supposed to be 20-something friends, but by the end of it, they were like pushing 40. <laughs> like, they needed to grow up yeah, and they'd, they'd, they'd stop. <laughs> they never fully explain, like, what age they are. They are. <laughs> because I think you're supposed to think Ross at the beginning is in his 30s, but he's not, he's in his 20s. But yeah. he works at the museum in the first season. Exactly. And then somewhere along the line, he gets the job at the university. Um, you touched on there as well about cameos. Yeah. yeah what I, do you think is your favourite friend's cameo? If I were to take it completely out of context... Ah, uh, is it because of the acting I'm supposed to leave that John Claude Van Damme is a sex symbol? <laughs> and apparently the rumour is he was unbearable on yeah, set. Yeah, I imagine he was, yeah. yeah. 
I'm going to go uh, the monkey from Breakout. <laughs> Outbreak, sorry. I'm either going with Jeff Goldblum, because yeah. that's, that's yeah. good, or is it Jeff Goldblum? I think I might. Gary, no, it's Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman is Gary Oldman oh, as, the missing, drunk, as the drunk actor yeah. is pretty good. I do quite is like that. Is that my ass? <laughs> That's a brilliant line. That is a brilliant line. Whoever yeah, wrote that, whoever wrote that joke, is that's hilarious. Is it not even even like who's that princess that we hate in this country? Fergie. <laughs> even she's in the British episode. She's yeah. like Richard yeah, Branson's in that episode. You're selling pretty shit. Selling some of the shitty stuff in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, Goldblum's a good call. You've obviously got the Billy Crystal Robin Williams early on. Yeah. You know, when they're working. Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. That's, a, series, that's a good episode. This series had a had a problem with bringing in people that they were dating at the time. Mm. And what was it? Was it Tate Donovan that goes in for a few? He's Rachel's working as a personal shopper. They'd split up by that time. So she pretended love with him, but they had a very brutal and public breakup. Mm. So you're like, Jesus Christ. Um, Sean Penn. Forgot about Sean That's Penn. That's a good episode. Wearing his planets. Yeah, wearing his planets. Yeah, he's the school teacher. He's too good to be true. Um, the uh, Ada Faris, George Clooney. Of course, George Clooney. And Noah Wilde, basically yeah. playing the actors from, from ER. ER. And yeah. I like to point out that ER played, on E4, played directly after this. It was Thursday night, it's played a bit of Friends, and then an episode of ER. The uh, the Queen Baldwin, Alec Baldwin. He was, the pro- right, so his character, he played like a, very positive. He saw his greatness, and I know a prick like that. I was like, he needs to die. Yeah, <laughs> he needs to take him back and beat the shit out of him. If you want a stripper, you want Danny DeVito. Oh, Dan- no, changing my answer, Danny DeVito for his last stripping as well. Charlie Sheen's with chicken pox. Yeah, oh, I expected more of you. You're a military man. <laughs> ben Stiller is the angry. Uh, I thought yeah. it was well played. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's good. That, that one, mate. So many cameos. Obviously, Reese Witherspoon. We talked about Hugh Laurie, Susan Sarandon. Oh yes, of course the the famous actress on the soap. That's that's a but good. Probably song. the big one is after losing a bet to Matthew Perry, Bruce Willis signing on for what was it four or five episodes? Yeah, four or five episodes because he. But I love this as well. Bruce Bruce was like, this film won't make any money. It's dog shit. The whole, whole nine yards. He said wouldn't be a hit, and it was. It was a massive hit. And it's then, the uh, sequel. It wasn't. The sequel is one of the worst <laughs> films ever made. But the, yeah, with it being, I actually like the whole nine yards. I like I the whole nine yards. I thought it was pretty it's good. It's on Netflix. It's fine. Yeah, I watched it the other day. Yeah, it's doing right. the tulip. <laughs> <laughs> I was. It, that was great. It's Michael Duncan. Uh, Clark, I love him. I, what a terrible thing to lose an actor with such. He has some of the best comedic timing I've seen in any actor ever. He was so good. Yeah. Um. I. 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 No. I. Danny DeVito is the stripper. Any storylines in Friends that really captures? Obviously, the the honor break stuff is. It's probably big. Is the iconic bit. Um. It's. Uh, I, so there's something I want to. You know the end. I'll be honest. I know that you're going for the feel good factor, but isn't the feel good factor that he moves to France? Mm. Isn't that what should have happened? Instead of her getting off the plane, like get off the plane, and I kind of know why they did it because in the story he realised he loves her, so it has to be on him. But through inaction, he gets what he wants, and I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I feel like she she should her story of how she started. She should have her cake and eat it. That's how they've set it up. So in the end, she she doesn't. It's it's a bit weird. I don't. I feel like that could have been a change at the ending. Um. Chandler's relationship with um, one of my fe- second favorite, one of my favorite secondary characters, uh, Janice. I think that's a great recurring. In yeah. every series, she appears. This uh, the episode where he forgets to make a present, plays a mixtape, mm. and Janice's voice is on it. Mate, I did not see that coming. I remember seeing that for the first time, thinking that was hilarious. And there's a th- my f- I don't remember. I don't know if you know which film episode you watched first. The first episode I saw was when 
Chandler speaks to Ross about, you know, when you're having sex with a woman, then randomly your mum pops in your head. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it ends with, with her dressed up as Princess Leia. Yeah. But it comes with one of, one of my funniest lines is, is Joey, half of the episode, goes, oh, Ross told me about the conversation you had. And Chandler's obviously very disappointed. Mm. And then Joey goes, no, I picture your mom, I picture your mom every time I'm having sex. I actually, <laughs> that line is brilliant. I don't think you can make this anymore. This TV series would not stand. Some of the uh, plot lines that I think... <sighs> no, I've got favourite episodes. I think one of the plot lines... I think the not having children was a good storyline. I always find that comedy works best when it has a degree of drama to it. I always maintain one of the best episodes of Only Fools and Horses, which is a fantastic TV long showing comedies when it deals with a stillborn baby, which is obviously horrible, but it's well written with care. I found the the adoption storyline was well presented. Like the idea as well that they they think they're the wrong people. But how desperate they're so desperate for a child that they kind of lie and become those people, but it's about honesty. I uh yeah, I always think it wor- works the best when it does that. Mm. Sorry, I feel like I just blabbered a lot. No, no, that's all good. I just realised as well, as you were talking, there's so many cameos we didn't talk about. Brad Pitt, Hank Azaria, Christina Applegate. There's so many cameos there in lots. this show. Um, yeah. You know, I I really liked when Paul Rudd came into it as an unofficial yeah. seventh member because he's long-standing. I mean, he's in a couple of seasons. He is a integral part by the end. Um, the fight he has as well. Don't flick me. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, brilliant. And, you know, and, and how he doesn't hit it off with them all. He doesn't hit it off with Ross. There's that really funny episode where they, you know, which is which is kind of grounded. You know, there's, when you're put with a friend no, I, of a yeah, friend, exactly. it doesn't mean you're going to get along. And, We've been there. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I really like uh, that, you know, the Bruce Willis cameos, the, those kind of episodes. I thought they were really funny. Um, but for me, I think the, the funniest on screen time is probably Joey, to be fair. Like, yeah. There's um there's one episode I remember very young just absolutely bawling at and that's the one where um Chandler uh, yeah Chandler and Rachel keep getting the cheesecake delivered and, and it's not theirs. <laughs> I think you drop mate. And I it, would imagine that's you. And, it, and at the end of the episode, <laughs> he drops they, they on, drop the on the floor and they're both eating off the floor and Joey just comes up and you think he's gonna say something disapproving <laughs> he falls, and he pulls a fork out his pocket and goes, goes, "What, what are we eating? dealing with?" <laughs> As if, as if this is a daily thing. <laughs> and I remember there and then thinking, that's genius. That you know is, what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, yeah, the womanizing part of Joey doesn't age well. And it probably wasn't right at the time as well. I don't think, I don't think anyone, I think the Joey loving harmlessness, uh, you know, aspiring actor, which is very true to him as a character. He was supposed to be, apparently written in, was supposed to be an unliked character. He's supposed to be out of all of them unliked. And I think Matt LeBlanc's kind of character, or, you know, one audiences round, so they didn't necessarily go down that route. But I like more the kind of the buffoonish, childish eating part of Joey's yes. character that I found really funny. And there's a fucking brilliant, brilliant um, two-parter where um, where he's doing a play, and um, I can't remember the actress's name, but she was in she was in like a Starship Troopers. And I stuff know exactly like that. what you mean. He's doing a, what you think he's, he's doing a, a very, very serious play. play. And, and just at the end, <laughs> when he's speaking to her about like uh, he's speaking to her, uh, she's direct, up, yeah. but they're on stage, and he's he's basically saying we can't be together. It's not going to work, and he's saying it to her, but also in a play. And then a ladder pops down, and he's like, <laughs> "I need to go back to my own planet now." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's moments like that that the comedy was. Absolutely brilliant. I think where Friends is at its best is the off-the-cuff one-liner jokes. Uh, for example, they're talking about uh, Joey. They don't like being in this play, but then she get. But then Phoebe, 
it says something like, yeah, but at least he waves at you. It's, just, it's the image that you get. Yeah. And I've got to admit that the earlier series I thought were more serious. There's a great episode where three of the friends don't make money, but three of the friends are quite rich and they want to go celebrate and there's Huey and the Blowfish, which apparently I never heard of him before, but you know, it was the early 90s. I don't really like music. But um, I always thought the first few series were great little complete episodes where they, you realise the situation. I was really good. It's like, like, oh, what would you like? Like a side salad? What would you like it on the side of? I don't know. Put it right here. My plate. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I think that's some of the best. It's, it's you know, some of the great lines. I'll be honest, who's your most hated secondary character? Kathy. You know, like, she cheats on Chandler and Joey. It's like the best. And I don't even think it's the relationship between man and woman in this. Or it, It's got to be, it's Chandler and Joey's friendship. It's one of the most, it's, it's, it's 10 humbling. seasons. It's 10 seasons. It's humbling. You want to have a friendship like that. It's obviously, it's up there with Dallas for me in aspirational TV. I remember watching Dallas. Now, I, it made people angry that they weren't oil tycoons who could just have billions and billions of pounds to piss away. But friends kind of made you jealous that you didn't have a circle of friends that close. Mm. It's kind of weird. Um, I think as it went on, it didn't age that well, but I would say that that last series did pull it around. It just, I think, had it been really bad, you made maybe left a sour taste. But I remember that seasons eight and nine maybe weren't the strongest, but season ten did land the stick the landing, which was pretty good. And they had a lot to deal with. I remember Courtney uh, Cox was pregnant at the time, but they were doing so much she couldn't have children. Um, you've got Jennifer Aniston wishing that she'd left a few years ago now. You know, she feels like that her career. She wanted to leave around season six, didn't she? But she felt that she had to stay with her friends in real life. And then you just feel like maybe it's a few series too long. Maybe. Of course, dealing with 9-11 as well yeah. and with the fact that they are, you know, at the time, America's favourite New Yorkers, not a single scene <laughs> shot in New York. So rather than addressing it, they hung the American flag in that episode in Central Park, a huge American flag in, flag in the background. Mm. Because if they had addressed it, it would have felt disingenuous you, you couldn't said. you couldn't do like a series of you couldn't do an episode of friends if you dealt with that yeah it's, it just wasn't the same and also it's because yeah yeah because they are actors at the end of the day and it's yeah. you know and, um but yeah I, I i think as well the rewatchability of it is when you if you do rewatch it you can you can watch a series and follow a character even though they're all get the same screen time and they all get the same amount of story i've watched it from the from the from the uh pov of of um chandler and, and enjoyed it and then i've watched it from the pov of Ross is my main character, and I must admit, David Schwimmer has great range of being. He does. Uh, he because he has to very early on. He has to be a dad. You, you're on the show to Ben. Mm. He's obviously he wants to be loved. He wants to settle down, but keeps getting married and divorced. Um, he's got the high, the 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 job that he doesn't want to lose and the income, but his comedy as well in some of those earlier episodes. He's he's quite. You, you know, like no, that first, very, the yeah. first two seasons, he, his thing, his thing always was hi. He was the depressed one, wasn't he? Yeah. And then when the, the moment they shook that off and made him somewhat goofy, he's actually quite enjoyable from like seasons four all the way to the end. When his hair randomly just started getting more and more, you know, bigger and wet looking, <laughs> <laughs> floppy mate, the birth of the floppy hair. I think um, Friends at its highest, the golden era is probably series four. Series three, that kind of era. When they start going on longer journeys, introducing new characters, for example, they go to the shore. Will they, won't they, Rachel? They're lobsters. He cheated on her. Were they on a break? For the record, they were quite clearly on a break. I think he, they were quite clearly on a break. They were on a break. But I still don't. And whilst he, he did. to define it. He he says, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, let's just go get some like yogurt, I think he says. And then mm. she's like, no, a break from us. I think 
the dilemma though is that doesn't make it right, you know. Oh, so I still so if we we're in a court of law and this was somehow the law, he's not guilty, but he is wrong. Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> so what a man. What a man. He's such a man. Um yeah, I, I think when I'm watching it now as well, when we get close to it, it, I mean, when I say watch it now, it's not like I watch it now. But I mean, if I was, I would probably skip the Ross Rachel episodes. It's, it is weirdly one of the least interesting things about it. Yeah. I'm much more interested in what Phoebe's getting up to. My, like Phoebe, of, when she puts on a Scottish accent, when she's, no, actually, when Ross is when Ross is giving a massage with toy trucks, that's pretty funny. Mm. And that's the sort of humour that sticks up because you can assault old men. <laughs> and I like I like the episode as well where Chandler and, uh, and Joey win the apartment. That's a good episode. That's my pro- that's probably my favourite storyline actually. Yeah. Or I know it's not a story, the free porn one. Can we come over and watch cartoons? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why why would you turn it off? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so many iconic moments, actually, to be fair. I know we, we haven't really done it justice, but but like all things, good things must come to an end. I think on the back of this, I think Chandler was probably I think Matthew Perry was the one they thought was gonna Shoot to the moon. Now, I haven't read his biography. I know he's done the rounds recently, and I think since the... He has um, said he doesn't remember basically half the series Yeah, and you can tell... I mean, you can tell around season three and four, and, you know, he gets fit, he gets so thin. And then he gets... And he puts back the weight in like series 10 or nine. He, he, he balloons yeah. between... No, not balloons. I'm not having a go at the man, but he was dealing with prescription drug problems at the time. Yeah, and, um, and you know, he has... I think he's, he's on record now as saying, like, you know he was battling a lot of things at the time and maybe wasn't supported as best as he could be from people around him. But I haven't read it. I haven't gone into it, but I think you're right. I think out of all of them, when you're watching it, I think the two that you feel have got probably the best, um, the, 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 the career spanning off that would have been Matthew Perry and Lisa Kudrow. And I Lisa, think are the two that you'd think would go further. And during the height of Friends fame, she did Miri and Mural, uh, I've done it wrong, uh, High School Reunion. Yeah. And my, I don't know about your age, I'm a few years, people of my age were loving that film. They were talking about like it was the greatest thing ever, like two girls that basically faking that they'd made it. It was a really big deal. But then she, I think she took a break from acting. Well, she did <clears throat> with De Niro, didn't she? And analyse this and analyse that. Well, you can't win them all. <laughs> It's not it's not top De Niro, but that's not her fault. It wasn't top Billy Crystal. No. no. Um, I think when you look at Jennifer Aniston's career as well, Jennifer Aniston, going in, Courtney Cox was the biggest star because she'd actually she, been in things. Well, she's Bruce Springsteen's cousin, daughter, niece. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen's niece. I imagine that gets you in He-Man pretty quickly. It does get you in He-Man pretty quickly, where she, you know, she holds her own against um, Skeletor and uh, love interest with with the big Russell Lee. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, mate. Um, so I think going in, she was probably the biggest star. You would argue that coming out of it now, when you look at it, Matthew Perry went on to do some leading man things. I know he was guest starred in um, Studio 88, which was supposed to be the next big thing, but didn't quite. I think he was good on paper, but the viewing figures weren't there. Uh, Joey Tribbiani, Matt LeBlanc seemed to take a... Lost in Space was his big one. I know, it's it? fucking crap. Lost with the critics, that's what it was. <laughs> it was bad. But I think David Schwimmer made the most sense because he went more behind the screens I know he directed Run Fat Boy Run which is a great yeah. underrated little film with uh, Simon Pegg but the probably the biggest stars coming out of it were again Courtney Cox because she diversified she went right I'll do horror turn herself into maybe a bit of a screen queen but you got to say as time has gone on Jennifer Aniston who went from most promising she did Cougars as well didn't she actually she did, uh, uh, Cougar, Town. Cougar Town yeah so, but I would say Jennifer Aniston did what was kind of impossible. You know, she regrets not leaving Friends sooner because she thinks she missed out on a lot of opportunities. But I think if you look in 2023, it's probably still a pretty big name. She's probably a, mm. an actress that still gets consistent work. And I think she has a lot of renaissance. You know, when the whole Brad Pitt thing came on, she came across with a lot of cred. A lot of people had her back. They were like, you team Pritt or 
team Brad Pitt or team Jennifer Aniston and a lot of people went Aniston because she hadn't done anything wrong. So yeah, well, she like... was America's sweetheart, wasn't she? Yeah, and I feel if, like she capitalised quite well. And I would if say Tom that she's... Hanks is America's dad. Jennifer Anderson is is America's daughter. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like a weird family dynamic. That was weird, isn't it? <laughs> um, I think Friends at its height is the best to be enjoyed with someone. You can rewatch it, and the best thing is just skip the episodes you don't like. You know it now. I There's some the... episodes you just skip. I think the biggest character to come off it is is Paul Rudd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I would say the biggest career from it has got to be poor. I mean, Hank Azari has done all right with some of that Simpsons money, hasn't he? Yeah, not too bad. <laughs> he did waste it a lot on Godzilla, though. Uh, is, is it Jack Gold who played um, the dad, uh, Ross and... Oh, yes. Yeah, Jack oh, Gould. Jack Gould, yeah, yeah. So, obviously, Ocean's movies, a host of films. To be fair, I think he was in a lot of movies before this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so. think... Um, but I, I reckon... Um, I think Paul Rudd's a good shout. Helen... Uh, Baxendale played Emily. What's your What's your thoughts on Emily? Uh, you know, you're not supposed to. Li- you're not supposed to like her, but at the same time, she didn't do nothing wrong. <laughs> so- I think she's one of those whose career has probably took a bit of a stumbling block because you she's see- so synonymous with a character. You say this, but also wasn't she addicted to James Nesbitt in Cold Feet? <laughs> I was going to say she was in Cold Feet as well. Yeah. So I remember. I remember. I'm fairly certain. Didn't her act? Uh, didn't her character die as well in Cold Feet as well? Which probably didn't help. <laughs> Cold Feet was Cold Feet was a weird one as well. Yeah, it's the first time I remember seeing cheating like on that scale of her having an affair. See, that was a good episode as well, the American football episode. You know, that's when... probably if you're talking about best episodes, it's probably it is probably that one. I love that one. Oh, or the I love the London episodes. I did like them. Yeah, the cameos. Yeah, yeah, and it, no it... one knows how no one's talking about Charlie. And when it got, you know, by series nine, there was a lot of criticism that he's not a, you know, a picture of New York. They brought in an actress of colour and then basically uh, they turned her into one of the most likeable uh, characters in the fucking series. Ashley Tyler. Ashley Tyler. They, they done her I, dirty, I, mate. And do you know what? As well, she had a great exit with, um, what's his chops? Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear. <laughs> that episode is really good. You know, when he's going to get the grant. Yeah. And, and, and then, uh, yeah, that, that, that bit went there. What's, what's the name of this dinosaur I've just made up? Uh, T? No, it starts with a silent P. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a bit where Charlie and, and, and Greg Kinnear's character are kind of rekindling their love in front of Ross. And yeah. he's like, sweetie, this is making me a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> just, yeah, I, I like that. I mean, I like, uh, to me, Friends at its peak is the Tom Selleck stuff. No, yeah, that's, peak, that's I think that's when it's his biggest. It's, you know, when he was there as the... The episode as well when uh, Chandler and Joey kind of let slip that they're like hanging around with him because he's like the dad. Yes. <laughs> and he gets offended by that. Well, you know, They're trying to grow moustaches. That, that moustache is is the seventh member of Friends. Yeah. Selleck's Long moustache. live the moustache. Yeah, that to me is like, that was Friends growing up. I think it's also as well, it's, it's a comedy series that they've tried to remake time and time again. You get the UK version. I don't know if you ever saw Coupling, that was crap. I hated that. How I Met Your Mother. Is How I Met Your Mother is probably the biggest, the, the, probably the most successful reimagining of Friends. But Friends was at the right time. We were questioning everything. They were the kind of rebellious. They weren't rich. They were getting by. They had shenanigans. You wanted to be them. You wanted to have their jobs. They were cool. But at the same time, they were some of the uncoolest people you met. It was fun time. And it's very rare that you actually watch a TV series now for fun times. The closest you probably get now is probably situational drama more. You know, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I think, is probably the one I always... I say, that's this generation's friends. It's, it's fun. It's consistently good until the last series returns into a crap show. Um, I think 
out of all of them though, the, the, the one, the one my, if I could, if I wanted to see one of them on the big screen yes. routinely, not that they need it because they've obviously got the the residuals the coming in well. from from friends still. Um, but there's, I think David Schwimmer is the one that I'd probably want to see more of. I mean, obviously Matt LeBlanc we had as the the host of the. British Hot Gear, yeah. which just didn't land, and no, I think his because didn't he come on like the secondary of Imagine? I think he's still popular. Just obviously, he'll never be as popular as Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah, the only thing more popular than him is fucking cheese. <laughs> <laughs> as you can tell, I run out of things. But I think I think you know, and he had a couple of TV shows that he was in as well, wasn't he? That you know, Joey, obviously, the spin-off that didn't not, really land. He did a British one, not called Extras. It was called something else, but that was very good with uh, Tamsin. I forget. It was the lady from. I've lost it, Karen. Oh, Tamsin Halfway. No, he's not the blonde lady that yeah, was in. She was in EastEnders. Yeah. yeah, no, this one was the lady from Black Books. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't yeah. remember what that was called. Just doing my head in. Yeah, because uh, he, he played... Played Matt LeBlanc. LeBlanc. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mate, as, it, as the, Matt LeBlanc goes, he was pretty good. It was the best <laughs> Matt LeBlanc I think they could have got, and it was the role he was born to play. But David Schwimmer, I mean, he obviously done things like Madagascar, where he, he plays the um, he, he plays the giraffe, who's the... Uh, Melvin, I would still. I like to point him out as Captain Sobel in fucking Band of Brothers, mate. I did not see I was that performance. Say, yeah, Band of Brothers was one of them where you're like, oh, that's not funny. Yeah, you know, that's, 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 that's like, oh, pie. yeah. How many divorces you got? No, they kick him out for not being uh, good enough. But then there's times when it doesn't work. Like, I mean, he was in the Iceman. Can you remember that movie with Chris Evans, the oh. serial killer Iceman movie with um, had Mark Shannon in it? Yeah, you told me about it. Yeah, and David Schwimmer's in that, and he doesn't, he, he doesn't, you can't get away from, he's got a moustache, you can't get away from that it's David Schwimmer. <laughs> Where having a moustache, yeah. so yeah. Yeah, I feel like he's try, He's better behind the camera now. But then again, you know, it was the 90s, it's been 20 years since probably the heyday. Maybe it's time for a new generation. Friends was great while it lasted, and it was fantastic, and probably will go down as one of those influential TV shows of all time. A lot of happy memories. I didn't like it. I think... When I watched it, I didn't get why it was so funny. I had to wait till I got older before I found it funny. You know, I didn't think, I thought it was very predictable, but then weirdly, I quite enjoyed that the more mm. I watched it. So when I first started watching it, I was like, I don't like this. Like, oh, that guy's, that guy has sex with a lot of women and eats a lot of food. That's a recurring joke over 10 series. How is that funny? But it wasn't that what I found, that, that wasn't what I liked about it. What I liked about it was that when he had money, he bought like a porcelain dog. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, he dived in front of a sandwich to protect it. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that and then episode, when he's, yeah. like, he's like, oh, yeah, I love you so much, Chandler. Stop smelling it. You know, that's mm. where most of the taste is in the smell. Stop smelling it. Give me it back. Oh, you know, he like gives, you can have a bite. You can't have it all. <laughs> you know, that mm. type of thing. That's what I found funny. Or the another great bit, which I've been there, and I, I imagine you have been as well. You're at a restaurant, like, don't eat my food, but then a gorgeous dessert comes for the other person, oh, yeah. and you're like, I'm having that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that when she goes to the door and goes right, he's like, I'm, I'm not even sorry. I'm not even sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I love that one. I love that. There's love a great scene where as well where he CSIs, he's had sex with a woman. Mm. He's like, why doesn't she remember having sex with me? We had sex with me. Why don't we have sex with me? He backs up into a cactus. He went, that's what that did last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or turkey on his head. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's Joey. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. are good times. They were very good times. They were good times. They were good times. And, and good I, think, times. I think if you grew up and that was your TV show. Now, we were hard done by because we had American Pie as our coming of age movie. You hate that but film. <laughs> I do hate that movie. I do think, you know, Friends, yes, I don't think it ages well. I don't think it will attract the audiences now, but I quite enjoyed it. And I and I know how bad that sounds coming from, you know, that I am, you know, in my 30s and I'm <laughs> a, a white person from England. 
But I did enjoy it. I did. I did find it fun. I have happy, happy memories of of friends and my oh. sisters love it. My brother, loved it. you know, like it was a, it's a generational thing. It Everyone was. can kind of find friends. Thing is, though, <clears throat> would you ever rewatch it? Um, I wouldn't turn it off if it was on, and I need That's something on in I the mean. background. That's what I mean. It has surpassed. Though, if you we to rewatch it, like I'll be honest, mate. Every few years, I rewatch uh, season one of True Detective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love yeah, it. 100%. It's one of my favourite things. We'll always rewatch it. Nary a year or two years go by. Also do the same for Buffy. Got to rewatch Buffy. Got to keep it present in the mind. I will never go on Netflix and start off at season one, episode one and rewatch that. Because one, it's too no. long. But two, it seems to have surpassed that. I'm with you. If it's on, I'll sit back and have fond memories. But it'll never 100% have my attention again. No, I mean, Friends to me is like, if it was on, I'd put it on. And then if I need to get up and do a few things, I'll keep it on in yeah. the background. Whereas if I watch something like Frasier, I want to watch it. Yeah, that's I a good shout. I want to see it. I want to, you know, True Detective, all those, you know, I feel like I need to watch it. Um, yeah, Friends to me is, it's it's har- it's it's harmless. It's just yeah. in the background, doing its thing. I can go away 10 minutes later and know the next line. Because it also has that weird thing of being engraved in a lot of people's memories. It is. Being I, quotable and yeah. memorable. In the moment an episode starts, you're like, oh yeah, I know where this one, I, know, I remember this one. Uh, it's not like you watch Friends and go, oh, I didn't see that the first time around. Yeah, it exactly. Very, it was very in your face when it happens the first time. Yeah. Um, good memories. Good memories, yeah. But probably memories. That's it now. I, I but My worry is that we genuinely might lose friends. Like, and what, <laughs> sorry, what I mean that is... Well, we did like, through this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> is that we, uh, we, we will just, you'll just stop watching it. There'll be a time where it's not on anything. And it will slowly slip away. I think it'll always be on. I think it's like Lord of the Rings. It's always on somewhere in the world. Do you know what I mean? It's always going to be around. Do you know what you say that? But that actually makes me feel quite happy that there's yeah. somewhere in the world there's Lord of the Rings playing right now. Do you, you're talking about like not being able to go back to season one and start again. Yeah. I very nearly, but did not go back and start 24 the other day. The problem is with 24, you know, to do that, you've got to wade through some shit. I think because there's a writer's strike on in America at the moment, it just brought back all that. Oh, yeah, can you remember when that happened in 24? And it, and it really kind of, massively affected the story. People have saved the story because the series before that was one of the worst series, but the, the writer's strike meant that they actually had to fucking write it. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, maybe we shouldn't have anything going on. 24 would be a great one to redo one day. I, I but then also, I just thought, fuck, I've got to get through the first eight hours of Kim. Being lost, and then you, and then and then and then, and then another eight episode, and then another episode of her getting lost again. And then Alicia Cuthbert's character is not easy to get through. But then in series season. two, she gets kidnapped by a cougar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when they said that, one, mate, that was the greatest thing ever. Yeah, I think I could do without those. But I am keen to watch season three, season four, you know, and and finish it because I don't think I actually finished all of seven. I did see the London one. We but saw the London one together, one didn't we? Freddie Prince Jr. I didn't see that. Yeah, I don't think you saw the one before that as well where they bring back a certain character that you think had passed. Yeah, Tony. I did yeah, see basically. some of that. Yeah, Tony that, was that's in the, the one with the, the Storm of the White House, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and at the one. end, he has to... In the end, basically... He's to, got it, blood virus. It turns out that... Yeah, it turns... Yeah, because he has to use Jack as the device. But that one starts off... There is a good parallel between the, the actors, uh, the characters of Tony and Jack. They both have similar things happen to him, and one of them goes one way, and the other one goes another. But Tony Almeida comes back in Twenty Four Legacy, which is a spin-off, and he's the only actor that comes back. I haven't oh, seen right. it because apparently it's dog balls. But yeah, I didn't see that either. No. Yeah, no. I think most of the planet didn't. <laughs> um, that's our show for this week. I reckon. Go, friends. friends, friends. It's uh, I mean, it, it belongs in the vault because it, it is. is it's it's just huge, isn't it? It's it is just. Huge. There's a there's a shelf for all ten seasons, I think, in our I think I think it would have slithered its way in. 
even at, even at the, even in like the worst series, they're still brilliant bits in it. They're, that's one of those things. It's very consistently in your head. It's a worm, mate. It's a virus. You you know a line from friends. You, every, everyone in the planet knows what you're talking about. Mm. Excuse me. Yeah, so we definitely in the vault. We didn't even get a chance to talk about Gunther. Overrated. I like Gunther as a character. <laughs> I, was, I was really good. I think it was the secondary characters as Estelle. I love it. Hey, what, Joey. <laughs> actually, what about, just while we're still on it, sets. Central Perk's got to be like one of the top yeah. sets in, in you know, and it's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, I like how it, it, they got all the way to season like six before like someone sat on the sofa and they're like, yeah. oh, someone sat there. <laughs> like just, but um, I mean, it's got to be the most iconic, that and, Chant- uh, and Monica's apartment. Yeah, they are. Yeah, that's a good shout. I, I always put it up there with the sitcom as well that they got 10 series out of essentially just using three locations. Mm. The only one that I know is because obviously they had... They had the boys' apartment as well, Central Perk, and they had sometimes the offices of work. The only TV series I know that was that consistently long and good as well was Frasier, and it only had two. It had the, it had the radio booth and Frasier's apartment. Mm. And anything that happened outside of that, no one gives a shit. Yeah, it was just that coffee shop, <laughs> and again, that same table. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, was watching, I was watching Frasier the other day, just thinking, God, I love this show. I love Frasier. One so of the most successful spin-offs of anything of all time. Um, that is our show for this week. Let us know what your favourite Friends episode is. Let us know who your favourite character is or your favourite um, cameo as well. They're always yeah. interesting and fun to revisit because we would have missed some. But that's our show for this week. If I don't see you later, good afternoon, good evening, good night. I'll be there for you. And the rain starts. What was it did? We should have mentioned it. Oh, mate. I feel like right, we need to record the entire episode.